Hello, and welcome <laughs> to Pop DNA, the podcast that explores the literary and historical roots of your favorite works of pop culture. Oh, did Bane just walk in? Shoot. Um, That's scary. No, that was supposed to be Batman. <laughs> did it sound like Bane, though? It sounded like I mean, Bane. either way. <laughs> Or when the Joker wants to talk like Batman a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or <laughs> Devin Banks from 30 Rock. <laughs> yes. Could be that one, too. Or me before 6 a.m. Either way. Yes. Um. But I'm Rhonda. <laughs> and I am Aaron. And this is our podcast. <laughs> and this is the podcast that we have. <laughs> hey, that was way better than, <laughs> than any of the Riverdale episodes. <laughs> I was going to say, is this Riverdale episode five or are we switching to a new thing? (laughs) Well, it could be because like you posted on our Instagram, there was a Batman Archie crossover. I I cannot imagine Batman wanting to deal with Archie Andrews. I'm no. (laughs) (laughs) But that does remind me of. um, So we're talking about the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Yes. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, But (laughs) that reminds me of, uh, so my Batman growing up, I guess we're doing first experiences now. We're not going to give you background on the movies just yet. Um, (laughs) My Batman growing up, I didn't read any superhero comics at all until like three years ago. So my Batman was Batman, the animated series, like in the 90s. Yeah. Um. And I loved that show, but what sticks out most in my memory about that show is there was, um, Pokemon was also very popular around this time. Um, there was a, a commercial for Batman, the animated series. Um, and it was this scene that never appeared in in the show they just wrote it for the commercial and it's uh <laughs> uh robin is like batman is like tucking him into bed <laughs> and Ro- and robin's like come on you promised and batman starts singing jigglypuff <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is delightful uh, it's iconic. Um, sure. I doubt anyone else in the world remembers this, but it was very formative for my sense it's, of humor. <laughs> it sounds very formative. I love it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> where do we go from here? How do we top that? Um, <laughs> Bes- outside of the commercial, did you like watch the movies at all as a kid or like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, let's see. I watched, I was too young to to watch the the Tim Burton movies. Um, sure. So, like, the uh, Batman and Batman Returns, because, I mean, those were, what, like, the late 80s, early 90s, so I was, was super little. Um, yeah. But I did see Batman Forever in the theater okay and i absolutely loved it like Uh you watch it now and it's like this is ridiculous and (laughs) like super campy um and i think part of that is because like we're adults now but also because 
we have the Dark Knight trilogy now to contrast with that. So, um, but yeah, I loved Batman Forever. I still think Val Kilmer was a really good Batman. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin, I also loved because it had Batgirl. Uh But it's also a not great movie. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And then um, when Batman Begins came out... I did not see that in a theater. I was in high school. Um, I don't remember why I didn't see it in a theater, but I really wanted to. But I did see the other two movies in that trilogy in the theater. Yeah, Fun. Yeah. What about you? That Now that you've heard my entire <laughs> origin story with Batman. Um, I loved it. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> so... A very young Aaron, maybe five or six, was very anti-Barbie, but very into Batman figurines. I did not know anything about Batman, did not know who he was, but his little figurine looked cool. So I loved it. (laughs) Which is how I do research now. No, just kidding. But um, Uh I love it. (laughs) So I eventually like saw a bunch of the earlier Batman movies and just thought they were really boring, but really cool looking because they were above my comprehension zone at that point. I think I was in like elementary school and everything looked really cool, but I like didn't understand what was going on. And then um, eventually I started to kind of look deeper and I think mostly because of this podcast, I started to look more deeply into comics and things and got pretty into it. Um, But yeah, originally it was just because Batman looked very cool. (laughs) Oh, and then he does. He looks super cool. He does look really awesome. And like just the overall, like the color scheme of like the, just everything. And then all the bats. I, I was always a big fan of bats. Um, freaking bats. It's freaking bats. Those freaking bats. Um, <laughs> and then in high school, in junior year, I was Batgirl for Halloween. But that was more mm. of a I want to look cute thing. Well, I'll yeah. Be <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's important. Like, if I learned one lesson from Mean Girls, it was that your Halloween costume has to make you look cute. Like Exact. I'm Batgirl. That's what duh. That's what we're supposed to take away from that movie, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly what Tina Fey had in mind. Um, she wants all of us to be Regina George. That's what she's really trying to say. Yes. Regina is really the hero of the piece, if you think it, about it. It's true. Um, But I guess we should actually talk about the get do we usually do like some background on uh, the movies. Yeah. uh, Or the work that we're discussing. So we are discussing this month, the Dark Knight trilogy, which is a set of three Christopher Nolan written and directed Batman movies. The trilogy includes Batman Begins from 2005, The Dark Knight from 2008, and The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, and Killian Murphy appear in all three movies. 
Katie Holmes plays Rachel Dawes in Batman Begins, but she was replaced in The Dark Knight by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, Liam Neeson appears as Ross Al Ghul in Batman Begins, and as well as in The Dark Knight Rises. Heath Ledger received an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for his role as the Joker in The Dark Knight, and the award was given posthumously. He passed away yeah. after the film finished filming, but before it was released. Um, yeah. Yeah, so kind of a a sad legacy for these movies. But like I mentioned, all three films were written and directed by Christopher Nolan. He loosely based the film's story um, on Frank Miller's three Batman graphic novels. Batman Year One is the first, and then he had two other Batman graphic novels. Um, Batman Begins is more closely based on Batman Year One, and then the other two, so The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, are more loosely based on Miller's graphic novels. And then each film also uses elements from other iterations of Batman comics stories. Sure. Speaking of the Batman comics, Batman, of course, is a comic book series um, by DC Comics. The main protagonist is the Batman. Um <laughs> <laughs> the character first appeared in Detective Comics number 27, um, which was in May of 1939. And when he started out, he was very much a detective. Like, he was known as a detective. Um, oh, interesting. In Detective Comics. Yeah. So very much influenced by film noir, which... We'll be discussing a little bit later on. And Batman was so popular that he got a self-titled ongoing comic book series in spring of 1940. And then it ran until um, September of 2011 when uh, the New 52 rebooted DC's continuity. And in the new timeline, the original Batman series ended and then they relaunched it with a first, with a new first issue. So it's kind of like they just reset okay. uh, the entire universe. Um, and then they kind of did the same thing in 2016. <laughs> um, DC Comics began a second relaunch of the entire line of titles called DC Rebirth. So this included like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, all of those. Um, okay. Yeah. So. That was in August of 2016. Okay. And then a significant storyline or issue of Batman comics that I mentioned before, Batman Year One. Um, this is a comic book story arc that was published by DC, and it shows Batman's first year as a crime fighter. So this was by Frank Miller, um, was the writer, and then was illustrated by David Monsichelli, colored by Richmond Lewis, and lettered by Todd Klein. So Batman Year One was originally issues of the regular Batman comic, issues number 404 through 407, um, which uh, were published in 1987. So this recounted Batman's 
beginnings, like how he became Batman and his early years of crime fighting in Gotham. And it also showed his relationship with um, Gotham police detective James Gordon, who eventually becomes Commissioner Gordon, as we know him. Um, And it kind of shows their relationship of working together to fight crime in Gotham City. And then it was also adapted into an animated feature in 2011 that stuck much more closely to its storyline than Batman Begins does. Right. But Batman Begins does draw inspiration from year one, as well as other Batman stories. So Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are set during that same time span as as year one and its other the other um, comics in that storyline. And the both films adopt several elements directly from the graphic novel. So major characters like Commissioner Loeb, Detective Flass, um, Falcone, which are featured in Batman Begins, those are taken directly from the year one comic. Film critic Michael Dodd argued that every time a motion picture focuses on the Dark Knight's origins, the odes and references to year one increase. Because this is <laughs> year one is really the like most most iconic origin story that we have for Batman. Yeah. So that's and it's kind of become like a running joke now that we keep seeing Batman's origin story on screen like why do we need to keep seeing it so many times like we already know um (laughs) but um it just they just keep making it so uh (laughs) and then the ending scene of Batman begins with Gordon revealing the Joker's arrival in Gotham um, is exactly what happens at the end of the year one comic. So, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a direct parallel. Um, and that's how that's also somewhat of a <laughs> an introduction for the Joker. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy who has just such a complicated history oh my goodness um a fascinating one though certainly but just so complicated so we all know that the rivalry between joker and batman is so long-winded and goes on forever and it's kind of it's kind of all-encompassing at this point i think whenever i think about batman i think of the joker specifically oh, yeah, for sure um, i think he's more so the than, most... i mean the most iconic Batman villain. And Batman has a lot of iconic villains. Right. Totally. But among them all, I think the Joker stands out. Yeah. And I think like other ones are, like you said, equally interesting, but I, yeah, there, I think there might be a few reasons why Joker is kind of, I don't know, really, um, really thought about a lot. I'll say. So, um, There's also, like, in researching this, there's also all sorts of things that certain fan groups accept as canon and certain do not. Um, And that's been referenced because there are several timelines in the Joker's history that are said to be all in his head when he's in Arkham. So it gets really confusing to kind of piece together kind of what 
happened according to the Joker versus what Mm. happened according to the people of Gotham and all of that. Not to negate anything that Joker believes to be true, but just to say that they're different. So I'm also just going to reference it as Arkham because I don't believe in the, in the other word in that title. I don't like it. So I will not say it. I'm going to just call it Arkham. There are also several in that same kind of mind mold. There's also several characters who are believed to be the real Joker and that changes over time. So Mm. um, there are characters that he is said to stem from and then later characters take up the image of the Joker. So um, this becomes even more confusing when you look to his origins within the comics. So he originates in Batman number one in 1940. And the writer and two illustrators all have different backstories for him, which is, you know, just great. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Bill Finger, which can we just take a moment? His name was Bill Finger. That's fascinating. Bill Finger was the original writer, and then Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson each um, drew the character. So um, Jerry Robinson, one of the illustrators, had the idea to incorporate the Joker playing card into the design of the Joker, which we know has become informative both for him and also for Harley Quinn. Um, mm, sure. And then we it was Bill Finger who connected <laughs> Finger who connected the character to a <laughs> 1928 horror film, The Man Who Laughs. And so within The Man Who Laughs, there is a character. The title, the titular, that would be man terrifying. Who, Just yeah. a man laughing. <laughs> totally. Like totally, what is totally. he up to? What is that man up to that he's laughing? What's he doing? He has can't be anything good. <laughs> No, it really, really can't be. And he's in in kind of 1928 speak, he's referred to as disfigured and permanently grinning. Mm. So okay. this was the initial inspiration for all of the things that we see with Joker in regards to kind of um, how did I get the or why do I how did I get these scars and why so serious and all of that comes very clearly from this um, movie from the 1920 from 1928 right off the bat in um in 1940 in the comics the joker was terrifying he wasn't like anything to be reckoned with so in that first comic we also see the origin of that killing venom that he uses that that has um his victims uh smiling as they pass away so that was Right out the out the gate, right at the beginning of writing this character, he was terrifying. And this type of really um, psychological writing only persisted until 1942. In future plot lines, mm. the character begins to have a more lighthearted and absurdist plots, which makes I a wonder, lot of sense. Yeah, I oh, were you going to say because of World War Two? Oh, yeah, that and kind of in the 1950s, the move toward kind of this open sterilization of everything, you know, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was thinking because like 1942 is when like, we were really in World War Two in earnest. And so maybe in in comics, people didn't want psychological terror, they wanted right lighthearted and absurdist plots. (laughs) And I would, a part of me, an idealist part of me, which maybe isn't true, 
wants to believe that we started thinking about human psychology a little more and started to be more uncomfortable with having a villain who was psychologically, you know, but mm. I don't think that that's a reason why, but no, I know because that's, I mean, even today, that's not how that's <laughs> how who, media yeah. operates. So <laughs> depressing. Yeah. So yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Um, but in this comic version of the Joker, he does things like traps Batman and Robin, like in um, in a gigantic oh gosh, what's the word slot machine? He drop and then drops kind of <laughs> coins. So like, kind of making this villain from an outright villain into a villain for children, um, right? And that yeah. was that specific instance was in 1946 in Batman number 44, and then. That kind of lighthearted, absurdist persona of the Joker is is taken on um, in the portrayal of him by Cesar Romero. So Cesar mm-hmm. was the first to portray the character and made him larger than life and absurdist and satiric. He was an actor and a dancer, so he brought a great deal of physicality to the role and made it less about the psychological warfare and more about the larger-than-life, highly stylized Joker that was Mm -hmm. in the comics at the time. Um, (laughs) And then Mark Hamill notably voices the character Mm -hmm. in the 1992 animated Batman. I remember when my my brother told me that Luke Skywalker was the voice of the Joker. <laughs> and I was like, what? I was so what? like flabbergasted. I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then Hamill directs Batman Return of the Joker, which went straight to video. But that's okay. Mm. That's fine. <laughs> I think they're all, all of those, all of like the animated movies and and I think the animated series is on HBO Max. So I, yeah, <laughs> I was like scrolling through them this morning. I've heard really before good I decided things. to watch Justice League, but <laughs> <laughs> right, I've no. heard that those series um, do a pretty good job of telling these stories really in a really compelling way. I was interested to see them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I think that um, you know, and we'll get more into this um later on in our discussion but i think it's interesting that the dark knight trilogy the nolan batman movies are are much closer in tone to batman the animated series than to any of the batman movies from the 90s right Um, which i just find so interesting that this show that was made for children was much darker in tone than the movies that were ostensibly made for young adults. Um, right. It's fascinating. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating what gets to airtime within that animated series. But like you said, we'll get to that part. But I yes. agree that it's we fascinating. Will that. <laughs> so then moving forward from um, Romero and Hamill, we get the darker and much more psychological portrayals from Nicholson and then Le- um, Ledger. And it's just so interesting to note that Jack Nicholson also is just is kind of known for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and for mm-hmm. um, the Stephen King um, Overlook, his time at the Overlook Hotel. And it's just, uh-huh. it's just Here's interesting. Johnny. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, it's, 
it's an obvious casting choice, but it also does go to, are we making these films? Who is our audience for these films? Um, Mm. (laughs) And so another really cool thing about, I mean, the, the almost just the perfect performance that Ledger gives us, his performance is nuanced. It's detailed. It's, just incredible. And within mm-hmm. that, he also got to direct um, every time that that um, the Joker sends a video to the people of Gotham or to Batman himself. Ledger is actually directing those, which I think is just mm-hmm. such a cool way to see into how Ledger was envisioning the character from a director point of view. I think that's mm-hmm. just such incredible continuity for point of views in, in that um in that movie. And it just makes a lot of sense to give him that kind of playing ground. And then, so we finally, it takes a really long time, but we finally get a concrete backstory in 1951 with Detective Comics number 168. It is here that Bill Finger writes that the Joker was originally the Red Hood. So laughing at Bill Finger. <laughs> Bill Finger did a lot for it. Maybe, maybe he was so serious because his last name was Finger. <laughs> So the Red Hood is a villain within the universe who also um, had been a rival to Batman. And on one specific fight between the two, the Red Hood falls into a gigantic vat of acid, which turns Mm. his hair green and his face Uh to the paper white. Yes, yes. That is what happens in acid. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it's also notably where he gets the trauma that he is then it's the it's the end note to all the trauma that the joker is dealing with and then in 1986 the dark knight returns is published and we get to see all the batman characters return from a significant hiatus significantly stronger to fight each other once again and that's Mm. the complete history of of our friend the joker wow yeah and that's that's just his backstory. Like then there's just so much other stuff that happens. Oh my yeah. goodness. And then there's the movie The Joker. <laughs> yeah. Which is like I think I mean I haven't seen it. I don't know if you've seen it. I but... skipped that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like I no, I see what you're doing there and I want no part of that. But <laughs> yeah. I think I think the Joker is like not exactly a Batman movie. Right. But because, like, Batman isn't in it, no other Batman characters are in right. it. It's just the Joker. But it's, like, his origin story, I guess. It's so... It's interesting that yeah. they wanted... That this is the movie that they wanted to make. I'm still puzzled by it. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I'm I'm holding my tongue because I have a lot of opinions, but I've also not seen it. So it doesn't feel safe for me to give those right. opinions. Sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I could watch the movie and give informed opinions about the movie itself. But I just think that the movie itself exists is, is baffling. Right. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And that's, you know, like, if you liked the Joker, like, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but it's, (laughs) I just personally feel that that was an interesting choice to make. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But 
It is also very interesting to note that Joaquin Phoenix won a Best Actor Oscar for his performance in The Joker. Right. Heath Ledger won a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his performance as the Joker in The Dark Knight. Yeah. So I'm sure Jared Leto has to be sitting somewhere thinking like, where is my Oscar? I played oh, the yeah. Joker. <laughs> He's probably like my Oscar? shade. His own and there ha- Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there also has to be some actor out there hoping that in he'll that they'll get to be cast as the Joker in the sequel to The Batman. Um Right. Cause I don't think that the Joker is in the Batman. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, not that I know of, but yeah, I'm sure someone out there is thinking, if I can get cast as the Joker, I can get an Oscar. <laughs> Perhaps I'll get an Oscar. It's kind of, it Perhaps. reminds me of like how every theater kid wants to play Hamlet. I see Hamlet and the Joker <laughs> very similarly. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh. And like, and it's why I'm fascinated with both characters, but I'm also, and deeply protective i'm like protective as a mom about the joker mm-hmm. but i also he's like people idolize him and that really worries me so it's like it's a right, really interesting right. whole thing yeah it's like the dudes who say that their favorite movie is fight club but <laughs> they don't really understand fight club <laughs> right yeah i yep I feel like there's a lot of overlap between that and people who, like, really love the Joker, like, idolize the Joker. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're going to be talking way more about the Joker later on. We're not done No, I've Um, said all I can say. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) But actually... um, Next time, we will be talking a little bit about the Joker, but also about the women in the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, Um, sure. Yeah. It's going to be about five minutes long because there's barely any women. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. But we're going to talk about them. (laughs) But that will be next time. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Find us on and the social meds. Give us a rating switched, on iTunes. We've switched to a, a weekly release. Um, we hope you're liking it because we're really liking it. Um, we love it. We can talk so much more now. <laughs> don't you? Yeah, we can just talk endlessly for days. It's good. As always, please vote. Please vote. Please take care of please each other. Take care of each other. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Yeah. The usual. And we'll see you next week. For part two. All right. Bye. Bye.